good morning. Everybody good? Yeah, tighten up. I'm going to tell you this. If you don't believe in miracles, <laughs> I'm telling you, look no farther than the last two weeks. Heck, 10 weeks, right? So, you know, it all changed when Ryan Tannehill showed up at uh, Stephen Young's Home Street Home Ministry Party. You know, God said, I can get behind that. Uh, now, it's, uh, it's just such a, an amazing run for our city. And, and uh, you know, I told a friend of mine a couple weeks ago, I said, you know, I know you think this is a hockey town, but if the Titans win two games, we're going to be reminded that it's still two-tone blue uh, for our city. So, uh, anyway, it's, it's kind of neat to see, like, all the, the Titans gear today. And uh, so, anyway, there we go. Uh, big day. We are uh, celebrating our fifth year, and so you're going to get one of these on your way out today. And so, for the next few minutes, some of you are going to think nothing other than about this and... Uh, Mm, it is good. Sweet M's make these, but can you guys believe we are turning five? Um, you know, we started in a house, and we moved from a house to this little uh, community center that I, I think like half of this section right here could fit in, and then we moved to the skate center, and then we moved here, and again, along the way, we've had these moments of growth, and you know, our prayer from the beginning of this was God, and this came out of Acts chapter 5 as we kind of see the movement of the church as we know it began to launch. We prayed that same prayer, that God, if this is of you, that there would be nothing that could stop it. If it's not from you, then you know what? We, we will know that soon enough because it will fail and it will cease to be and we will walk and trample over it and move on with our lives. And here we are still five years later. And so I'm still a believer that God is behind this movement, that God is in this movement, God is in front of this movement, that God is continuing to do some amazing things in this movement known as Wellhouse. And so birthdays are a big deal. So I wanna take a little time this morning. I'm not gonna do a traditional lesson we're going to share some things with you at the end. But, you know, birthdays are a big deal. I had a birthday uh, back in December, and one of the things that we do for, for our birthdays, you know, I always call my mom or sometimes I'm with my mom, but my mom loves, anybody else's mom like this, my mom loves to, like, reminisce. I think that's just a mom thing. And so my mom will call me, and she'll go, oh, it's your birthday. And I'm like, mom, it's just another day. You know, after you pass a certain birthday, you don't really want to, like, be reminded anymore. But mom always wants to talk about a similar thing each year, but we always end up in a different place each year. My mom will go, hey, what was your favorite birthday memory? And you would think it would be the same, but it's almost like I'm reminded each year of something different that was important to me along the ways that maybe in the past year has shown itself to be significant in some way. Like, oh, I didn't realize at the time that when I was four or five or 16 that, that what was happening at that moment shaped when I was 39, 40, and kind of holding. And, and so in those moments, you begin to reminisce and you begin to remember these things, these significant things. And five is a significant number. You know, some people, we used to have some, uh, there are God children, I guess. We have some friends who uh, every year they would look forward to, and it was when you got to the whole hand, that's what they called it, when you get to the whole hand, there was a big thing that could happen. And, and for them, the whole hand meant they got to get their ears pierced. And that was like a big moment. And so here we are, we are a whole hand. And so there's going to be some significant things happen. But I think it's beneficial for us for a moment to go back and talk about some of the great things that have happened. And here's why. Because remembering back, what we're going to see is we're going to begin to see that God was laying 
So in this movement that God was, was planning on not failing, but getting behind and succeeding, that God was laying some significant building blocks, that in the moments of these memories that just seem like in-the-moment memories, that things that just were happening environmentally were actually things that were milestones that were building toward this DNA as we turn five years old. And so these are some of Wellhouse's special moments through my eyes. I ask our, our setup crew and everybody that's here kind of early, like, what are your, some of your moments? And it was amazing because a couple of my moments were also a few of their moments. So just indulge me for a second. I want to talk about a few of these moments as we celebrate five this week. When I think about significant moments that have not just been a moment that was awesome at the moment, but has shaped future moments, I can't help but think of our first Christmas. And several of you were probably there for that. For those that weren't, let me paint a picture for you. Our first Christmas, we were just kind of getting out of the gate. We didn't really know uh, completely what we were doing, and, and we knew less then than we know now. But it was that moment where we were like, you know, we don't know rhythms yet. We don't know what Christmas at Wellhouse looks like. We don't know what the first decent, you know, we don't know how to get involved in the community, and God had an answer for that. I got a call on like December 20th, and it was from an organization that had made a bookkeeping error, and they said, hey, we've got some money that we collected for the purpose of distributing at Christmas. We had a bookkeeping error, and we have to get this off our books by December 24th in order to honor that which it was taken up for. Can you distribute that money? We know, we've heard kind of through the grapevine. Here's the amazing thing. This organization's out of Texas. It's not out of like East Nashville. And so I said, well, yeah, I think we can handle that. And they said, well, if, if, if you can fill out a little paperwork, um, we'll, we'll, we'll wire you the money. You'll have it in hand. And I said, yeah, sure. Now, I was expecting that this was going to be like 1500 bucks. We wake up on the 22nd, I believe, and there's a wire transfer for a little over $10,000. Now, you go, praise God, right? We have two days to distribute $10,000. So we began to immediately look around at, at kind of who it was that were, were our partners at that time. And we said, does anybody have immediate needs? And we kind of took care of those. And then we had this, this massive amount of money left that, again, in order to honor that, we had to get out in order to uh, fulfill this. And so we called Jim Morse who at that time was the principal at Amqui Elementary, which is in Madison. And we said, hey, do you have some families that are in need? And he said, well, the easier question would be, how many families do you have that are not in need? And I said, well, here's what kind of what we've got. What can we do? So he began as the principal who cares so much about his student body and he cares about their well-being. He began to make some calls. And no lie, we show up at Walmart in Madison and we set up tables in the parking lot. Now, this is back before Zaxby's was there. So we were kind of in that area, and we set up tables. And we just took people shopping, and it was crazy. And then we, we, took, we, we brought them outside because, again, we, had, we didn't have time to make any arrangements at Walmart. We took them outside, and that's where we wrapped our gifts. And we wrapped gifts into the night. We had to position cars to turn their headlights on so that we could see how to wrap gifts. And I remember a significant moment in that. There was a lady that came up to me. Now, you got to remember, she got about 36 hours notice that this was going to happen between when she found out and when Christmas morning would come. And she came up to me with tears in her eyes. They weren't even in her eyes at this point. They were coming down the cheek. And she said, you have no idea what this means to me. She said, I had already prepared a story to explain why nothing was under the tree on Christmas morning for my kids. 
And I, I remember at this point, I'm crying, I'm about to cry again. And, and I said, you file that story away for another time. And I pray you never have to get it out of the file. And in that moment, what happened is that we looked back and said, we're going to do that for the rest of our church lives. And not only did we do Christmas moments, you just saw it this last Christmas, imagine. Guys, we have, we have built that, and God has used that moment for us to huddle around in those first few months and go, hey, we hadn't even coined this term yet. We want to be that kind of generous. We want to be, and it was wild. And we said, we want to be wildly generous. And that happened. And you're still seeing that happen. That is such a part of our language. It's such a part of our story now. And I love that moment. And so as I, I reflected back on that moment this week, I'm so proud that five years later that God is still using you and still using me, still using us collectively to alleviate moments in our community and in our, our community's families' lives to say that, hey, this is a church that is so generous that we're going to give you whatever you might need at the moment to the best of our capabilities with no strings attached. Even if we've got to turn our headlights on in order to see what we're doing, we're going to do that. And so we're continuing to do that. Another one of my favorite moments includes uh, another skate center moment. We had moved into the skate center at this point. And for those that didn't, weren't a part of us at that point, let me just kind of paint a, a picture. If you've skated at Rivergate Skate Center, uh, you'll kind of know what I'm talking about, even if you didn't see church there. If not, just imagine this is the big skate floor. And so we would pipe and drape kind of half the area. And so we would do like big people's worship on this half. And on the back half, we would do uh, various kids' things. These pipe and, this pipe and drape is not soundproof, Right? And so, you know, I remember getting up to speak about, you know, halfway through the service and, and you would see like our kids like trickle down the side and, you know, they're, they're going, shh, 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 you know, get, you know, and they're trying to be quiet, getting to their space. But we were literally making kids space wherever we could make it. There weren't, we had used the party rooms, which were kind of the most soundproof private rooms, but we were having kids like meet in closets, you know, we were having to like having to curtain off the candy supply so they couldn't see that. But like, in, in, and there's a locker room down there that didn't have doors and walls. And so we're trying to make space. And I remember this moment. And if you've, if you've, if you've done any public speaking or preaching or teaching, you kind of know what I'm talking about. There are these moments where you just feel like that people have connected to what you're saying. And there's kind of this crescendo moment you know what I'm talking about? Kind of like in a movie where it's that moment where you don't hear anything around you, you don't see anything around you because you were there and you can't wait. At least in my mind, you're probably going, I remember that moment I, I was thinking about, I was thinking about the Titans game. But, but it was that moment in my mind where there was like this, everybody leaned in. I felt like that God was gonna cause a great response among people and, and all of a sudden we hear this, and it was one of those wooden train whistles. You know what I'm talking about? Like the old Johnny Cash wooden train whistles. And everybody just kind of stopped. We didn't know what to do with it. And everybody kind of looked at me like, what's he going to do with it? Did he hear that? And so I tried to, to start another sentence, and then I hear, boop, boop. And all the kids are like, yeah, you know. And, like, and, and so they're like doing this little train thing down there. And I remember that moment, because here's what I said. Listen to the next generation. And I don't care if we get interrupted every week with the reminder that behind these curtains, 
There's something happening where God is using wooden train whistles. And sometimes it wasn't even wooden train whistles. If you were there, you remember they were like cymbals and drums and all kinds of stuff that would go on back there. But God is using that to teach them that he created them and that he loves them. And those are things that are being used as fundamental blocks of their faith. And so I don't care if we get interrupted every single week because here, family matters. Our kids matter. The next generation matters. And here we are, five years later, and behind, we have rooms now, but behind this wall, there's a group of people, volunteers, who are ministering to and blowing train whistles and whatever else they're doing. They had fishnets this morning. I don't know what that's about. But they're back there learning that God loves them. God created them. And God wants them to be a part of the next generation's story of how they love. I, I love Chuck Son. If you guys don't know Chuck Son, I don't know if Chuck's here this morning. He may still be out on the He's up here. He, he, I just want to say he may still be out on the road. But one of my favorite moments that's in this location, not too long ago, is uh, Chuck loves to uh, uh, go out by the street. And I don't know if you, how many of you guys come in and see Chuck out there? All right, you must, okay, so he's out there a lot in the mornings. And Chuck doesn't just go out there and hold a sign that says good morning. Chuck like puts on, uh, who is it? Joe Bonamassa. So this guy's rocking Joe Bonamassa in his headphones. And so it's more than just a, 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 hey, we would love. Chuck dances out there. So I don't know if you've seen this or not, but Chuck gets out there and he dances and he waves. And Chuck does this thing where he kind of points and he's like, I don't want to point you. Like, you're kind of a guest. So I'll point over here. Wave with you. <laughs> but he points and he's like, So Chuck's out there, and he's, he's kind of letting people know, that, man, the love of God is, is, is alive and well. And a couple of years ago, maybe a year and a half ago, I don't remember exactly now, there was somebody heading to breakfast and sees Chuck and says, you know what? Next week, let's go back and see what it's about. And that moment where most people might have just passed right by or maybe... You know, we just see it so much with twirling signs. They came back. And they shared their story this last summer. They volunteer now in our kids' ministry. And, and they're active and they're partners and they're, they're, they're contributors and they're, and, and they're doing amazing things. All because Chuck stands where I don't want to stand. You guys know I have a death fear of dancing. <laughs> but he does it with such flash that you at least pay attention and you take notice. And when you begin to pay attention, take notice, you ask questions. When you ask questions, curiosity stirred. When curiosity stirred, God says, let me show you something maybe you've never experienced. Another one happened right here. One of my favorite moments in five years was watching Mackenzie Blair get up here and preach her first sermon. And she didn't uh, just preach a sermon. She knocked it out of the park to the point where I went, you know what, I, I probably need to get on and do like preaching rocket or something. So I began to sharpen my skills. I'm not ready to quit yet. And she's coming for it, you know. And, but I remember that moment, 
That moment was so significant for me because it, it, it communicated a few things. It communicated that at Wellhouse, that women have a voice here. And that's important to me. It's important to us. But it also ensured me that in that moment, that the next generation will have a voice. That the next generation will have someone who God has called and equipped and there's going to be a spokesman from God. And I don't know what format that's going to take. And I don't know what that's going to look like. I, I hope that, you know, when we get to our 10th year that we're able to look back and maybe McKenzie's the one licking the cupcake that week. But I can't wait to see what God does. And that happened in a moment in the last five years where God again was saying that, hey, I want to equip people. And I want you, I want Wellhouse to be a part of the story and the platform and, and the resource by which people are getting equipped to step into their calling and their giftedness and their ministries. Such a significant moment. I remember, again, on this stage, one of the things, I, if you had asked me 20 years ago, I'm, I'm starting my 21st year of ministry. If you had asked me, do you think this would ever happen during one of your sermons? I would go, no, I don't think so. That's really bizarre. But I remember on a Sunday morning where we collectively shared together, not in a skit, but a real-life wedding. You guys remember that? Paul and Lisa Vandekamp had just, Lisa had just told her story as a part of our summer series called Story, where she told about some really personal things that were really ups and downs in her life and how those had been used to, to, to you know, launch her into these deep levels of, of faith building. And, and she had just shared this story, and we, we talked about how the next chapter of her story was going to include something that had been missing for so many years. And that was a partner, this intimate relationship. And so she had met Paul, and so she calls me, and she says, hey, as a part of my story that day, can we, can we get married just like on a Sunday morning, like during my segment of the story? And I went, I, yeah. <laughs> and again, if you'd asked me 21 years ago, I would have said, I, 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 don't know, I don't know, that's really bizarre, but we did it. And, and here's why I mentioned that, that it's a reminder that we are a part, an intricate part of each other's stories. You guys realize that a wedding invitation is one of the most intimate invitations you'll ever receive. You know, Lori and I have been blessed for, for so many years to get invited to so many of yours and your kids or your grandkids' wedding. And Lori and I cherish every single one of those invitations because I know that wedding invitations, spots at a wedding, are thought through. And they're thought about, and they're limited. I mean, nobody does a wedding with 1,000 people, right? That you go, you know, we've only got 150 spots. And every wedding invitation I get, Lori and I think about how we've played a significant role or how they have played a significant role in our lives. And I love because what they communicated to us that morning was that you got the invite, that you were so special on their list that they couldn't think of anybody else on the planet that they wanted to share that special, intimate, covenant moment with than you. It really was a reminder that we are better together. And I love that they used their day, their moment, to include us in a way that brought us into their story. And I want to tell you one more. I remember our first 
Baptism Sunday. And I remember it because it, 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 it involved water, outdoors, and about 22 degree weather. And so again, we were at the skate center at that time. You know, we do them in here now because we don't care about the school's floor, right? But uh, no, we do. We take proper precautions. So if you work on like a, if you work for Metro, don't go say, hey, you know, they don't care anything about the floor. Um, But at that time, you know, Jason and I, Jason Cockerham, who ran the skate center, we had kind of talked through and he so bad wanted to find a way to do this indoors. And we just couldn't. I mean, that floor over there is like a $150,000 floor. And he was like, he, I could tell it really pained him to tell me like, hey man, we just can't do this inside. You're talking about you know, 50, 60, 80 gallons, I don't know what that thing holds, but like gallons of water. And that thing, you know, like it would shut me down for six months. And so anyway, we said, you know what, no big deal. We'll just do it outside. So we did our first baptism Sunday, I believe in February of like 2015. And so here we are, we, we kind of, we'd been kind of talking about it and letting people, uh, you know, sign up or register, ask questions about it. And the first two people that came to me was a guy named Brent and Matt, and they were brother-in-laws. And, and you know, and I was really kind of surprised because uh, they're, they're mid-30s uh, men. Guys, that's really tough, like, to get people to, and, you know, for men. I mean, can we be honest, men? We, it's hard for us to engage in that sometimes. And, and so here they're, they're kind of showing me a very vulnerable part of their life and how they need you. You know, it's just this beautiful reminder of God can, can really begin to stir in anyone's life. And, and, and much to their wives' surprise, they were like, we can't, we didn't see this coming, you know, like we were trying to have them to kind of drag them to church. And, but man, God has done something in their lives. And I remember, um, you know, them talking about, you know, having kind of been around church a little bit through their lives, but not really connecting and how this was such a connection point and that God again had used Wellhouse people to make them feel so comfortable and welcome and all this. And so we had this discussion leading up to it. And I remember the moment us uh, getting out there, so we dismissed church, we got around the kind of the stairs out there, and, and I remember, I remember like Brent first getting over, and he went, whew, you know, like that moment, because it was freezing cold, and I remember this beautiful moment where we baptized those two men, but I remember their wives' face, and there, if you could read into the expression, it was that God has, in this moment, given us husbands who love Jesus. It was almost like there was this this completion that was happening in their homes that they knew was going to set them up to rear their children different and to be married differently. And all these sorts of moments, it was just this moment. But here's why I tell the story. If that's not good enough, I got a call from Matt. For those that don't know, Matt's not here anymore. Matt, they end up moving way up north, like past Portland, and it was just too much of a drive, you know, a one-hour drive one way. And, and, you know, they hated to leave. And there's still been moments they've come back and, and kind of visited. And, uh, but, but he called me, I guess, about a year and a half, maybe, maybe close to two years ago. And he said, uh, Jason, I, I'm really scared. I said, what's going on? He said, I've been diagnosed with a, a really rare kind of cancer. I don't know what that's going to look like. And, you know, man, I, I, I'm, I'm the sole breadwinner in my house. And, you know, he's a blue-collar guy. And he said, I, I, you know, what, what's going on? You know, and so we began to talk about, you know, let's don't get ahead of anything. And, you know, let's begin to, 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 to talk about, you know, the, the, the need for prayer. You know, so we just began to kind of walk through these kinds of things. And, and so uh, less than a year after that phone call, so in this last year, they had to amputate uh, Matt's leg from about here down. And, and, you know, again, he was just worried. Like, you know, man, I, I, I work on my legs. And, I, you know, what am I going to do? And, 
And I got a call from Matt about six months ago. And he was just telling me what the Lord had done throughout this story. And here's what he said. He said, if it had not been for the faith that I was taught in a skate center, that culminated into a baptism, that set me up for moments that I didn't even know was coming, I would have never been able to survive these past two years. And he has become such an inspiration. If you ask anybody at Generation Church in Portland, they will tell you that Matt Moore is one of the most rock-solid, witnessing, testifying of God's goodness on one leg as you'll ever find, on two legs as you'll ever find. You guys realize you played a part in that. that, that it's this moment that says that Jesus really is in the center of it all good and bad, up moments and down moments. And again, faith is what got him through. And you had a part in that. You had a part in all of this. So what a great five years. But you know, just like a a child, you know, five is a significant number. You kind of go from being a baby to a toddler. And then when you get to five, it's almost like the whole hand brings on a whole new set of things. You go to school, you kind of get to a kindergarten, and all of a sudden you are full-blown, you can run, you can talk, you can do, you know, there's nothing you can't do. You are running wild and crazy, ready to take on the world, and you become this person that's like, what's next? I'm ready for it all. Mom, I had a great day at school. Can we go back tomorrow? And you are beginning to set yourself up for, again, the building blocks for the next, what, 13 years. If you go to college, 17 years whatever that looks like. And so that's us. We're in this moment where we go, you know what? We have moved from the the baby to the toddler. So now here we are. And I just want to tell you that in order for us to move, I believe, into the next season, there are a couple things that need to happen. There are a couple things that have to happen. There's a couple things that are paramount to our story. And so I don't want to tell you this next part uh, alone, so I'm going to invite some people up. Uh, I want to invite our lead team up at this time, and we're going to kind of share in this. And again, this is two-part, and both of these are significant uh, parts. And so lead team, if you will, come on up. I hear some back here, I think. For those that don't know... um, Maybe you're kind of new. Our lead team is what kind of uh, sets vision, and they take care of a lot of our housekeeping things, you know, insurance and whatever else you got to have. But our, our lead team is those that are constantly thinking about what's next and, and how do we get there and, you know, what do we do and those sorts of things. And so, uh, you know, one of the things that I told you last week that is so vital is, is this concept of, of rest. And um, in order for us to kind of launch into the next season, there is something that, that needs to happen, especially with me. And so I'm going to let Gary kind of tell you about that. Uh, and then we're going to kind of lead into the second part of what uh, we want to present this morning in way of, of something else that's really kind of uh, going to, again, shape us for the future. So, Good morning. Can you hear me? Is it on? So, um, you got an applaud from Melissa. <laughs> Melissa's not in here, so. <laughs> you got another um, fan. All right. <clears throat> well, before I enter into that. I, as Jason was talking, I was thinking, I, you know, been thinking about the last five years and just looking around the room as Jason was talking, I, so many faces and I, I, would, I would lock on somebody's face and I had a memory with that person. I had a memory with that person. And if I don't have a memory with you yet, I will. Um, but I mean, 
the last five years have just been incredible. And again, I've got so many memories of serving and fellowship and just spending time with, with you folks. And I look forward to the next five, 10, 50, whatever it is, how long, as long as I can stick around, I guess. Um, so when we, when we set up Wellhouse, when we started this, this journey five years ago, uh, we didn't know what we were doing, uh, but we did know we did, there were certain things we did value. And one of the most important things we valued was rest. Um, we set up in our bylaws that um, for lead team, for shepherds, uh, for every, everybody that served, you would serve a period of time, a number of years, and then you had to take a break. Um, for, for lead team and shepherds, it was 90 days, I think, is what the minimum was. Um, and so, and we have tried to live, to, to function by that. You know, different things happen where, uh, I, I think we were supposed to serve four years. Well, I'm on my fifth year and haven't rolled off yet because I just, God hasn't told me it's time to move, to go on yet. But uh, anyway, um, and that same, that same philosophy applies to our staff. And uh, for you guys uh, that I'm sure you know, that if you've been here, Jason's been running for five years nonstop and without a break. And you cannot lead, you cannot serve, you cannot pour into people if you are running on fumes. I'm not saying he's running on fumes, but we don't want him to get to that point. So for that reason, uh, I guess starting next Sunday, I don't, no, starting I, don't know, I don't know how far I'm supposed to go with this, but starting, starting at 12.02 today. <clears throat> okay, starting later today. Starting at 11.45. Yeah. We are granting, we are granting, we are really saying, Jason, we want you to take some time. We're uh, six weeks uh, I believe is the is the the target, and to be back next, uh, be back in March, first of March. Um, uh, but we want uh, Jason and Lori to take that time to rest, uh, spend time together, spend time doing whatever, uh, just get away for a minute so and recharge and uh, refill, so that he can can come back and be ready to pour into us. On a, on a weekly basis. Thank you. Sir. There's, there's, there's a second and third part to all this, but I want you to know that this is a good thing. It's a good thing for all of us. It's a good thing for Jason. It's a good thing for Lori. Um, it's a good thing for us. In the long term, for the, for the continued story of Wellhouse, this needs to happen. Um, so I don't want you to feel like it's a, oh no, oh no, you know, what are we going to do? Again, you're getting ready to hear about what we're going to do, and it's exciting, exciting things. Um, anyway. Yeah. Uh, thank you. Um, Lori and I are actually uh, going to send out an email because I don't want to take any more time to kind of explain that. I'm always open for questions, so if you have questions about that, I will tell you where I'll be next Sunday. I'm actually going to go and worship at Kanye West next Sunday, so uh, uh, no lie, I'm going to, to, to Gatlinburg because he's there, and I'm going to just spend some time in, in hip-hop worship and uh, throw my Yeezys on and go. But anyway, um, 
I'm, I'm going to send out, uh, so look for this somewhere around 2 or 3 o'clock today. Uh, if you are on our email list, if not, you can, you can go to Next Steps and get on that today. But Laura and I are going to send out an extended kind of uh, two-page letter uh, that's going to outline, A, if, you, if sabbatical is new to you, if that's kind of a new word, it kind of gives you a little history and historical and biblical view of that. Uh, I didn't get real theological. You can do that on your own time. Uh, but... Um, also outlining some things that Lori and I are, are hoping to accomplish and do. So it's not like we're, we're taking an extended vacation necessarily. There's some, there's some goals and things that we have uh, in place for the two of us collectively, for me personally. And so you'll kind of see those there. And then there's some things that, that I want to ask or request of you. Uh, so there's eight or 10 things there that as a partner that you can be uh, doing intentionally during that six weeks or, or I guess six Sunday, seven week period as well. So again, it's something that you can be involved in as well uh, in way of praying for not just Lori and I, but praying for our staff, praying for our church, praying for this next season and so forth. So we know that the next question, um, when they came to me and said, hey, w- would you be willing to do this? Or, you know, really, it was kind of a variety of things. Some were like, would you be willing to do this? Others were like, if you don't do this, you're really selfish. Um, but uh, one of the things that I told them, I said, I would love to do that, but I would love for the next six weeks to be uh, well organized and there's not this this inconsistency and just this feeling of like you never know what you're going to get for the next six weeks when you come into Sunday. And so uh, I know a big question is, okay, what happens to this space, this hour over the next six weeks? And so I'm going to throw that to the guy who is so instrumental week in, week out. Uh, no pun intended, instrumental. Um, but um, who is so key in planning those? Even when I'm uh, you know, when, when I'm here, this is still the guy who formulates kind of what Sundays look like and whatnot. So, Chris, I'll let you kind of tell yeah. them what the next six weeks is going to look like. So, uh, I know that was my first question is, so what happens to this moment every Sunday? And I know the, the heart was, I mean, we could bring in someone and have a different person, a guest speaker every week, but we didn't really want to do that. We, we wanted more than that. So, um, uh, our friend of ours, Chris Malone, is actually going to do all six weeks, starting next week. He's going to be here. And so <laughs> he's going to have to, it's, this is crazy, he's going to have to, uh, so they've got a church plant, Mount Juliet. He's going to preach, jump in his car, drive here. Church will have already started, and he's going to get mic'd up and walk on stage. <laughs> uh, so there's a, little, there's a little wiggle room in there, but we're going to make this work. Um, uh, so that's consistent, and I, and I love that because the next season we're about to go into is one that we did last year called Awaken, and if you remember that, where we had uh, these prayer packets, and we spent six weeks uh, praying and fasting over our city, and they're doing something a little bit different. You'll get way more information next week when we unleash it, but he's going to walk us through all six weeks of Awaken that we're actually going to be doing with over 400 churches in Nashville all together, so that's going to be a really beautiful moment, but I want you to hear it from the man himself, so go ahead and look on the screen and see Chris. Birthday, Wellhouse. My name is Chris. For those that don't know, I was the youth pastor at Wah House a couple years ago. Looking back, it was one of the most incredible uh, moments in my entire spiritual journey just to be a part of that house 
And so I just feel so honored and privileged uh, to be able to journey with you guys over the next six weeks as we're going to be praying and fasting for God's kingdom to come, not only in our lives, but in the lives of the people that we do life with, our nine to five, people that we say I love you to, people that we break bread with, people that we hang uh, hang out with across the dinner table. So I'm believing that God's going to do some amazing, incredible things just over the next six weeks. And so I can't wait to be with you guys on January 19th. Look forward to uh, looking forward to being back. See you. So we are incredibly excited. My name is Lisa. I'm on the lead team. And as we were formulating kind of how do we want to share this morning, we said, you know, Gary was going to talk about the past, how we set up leadership and how we wanted rest to be incorporated. And Chris was going to talk about the present, what's happening, what we're going to be experiencing in the next six weeks. And then I'm going to talk about our future, our immediate future and and even a little bit beyond. We love Wellhouse. We love what she stands for. We love her DNA. We love everything that these five years have established. That's why we sit in these seats. And then we want to know from God, so what's next? We get that question sometimes. Where are we going? What are we doing next? So we want to bring you in on some things that have been going on behind the scenes and that are now ready to be uh, shared so that you can join with us and pray us with us along this journey. We're in the process of creating a next vision statement. Now, don't let that get a scary kind of thing like, well, what's wrong with what we are right now? There's no eraser that we're using. We're adding and building onto the great work that God is already doing here. So what we want to know is, we don't want to keep doing year one over and over and over. All of us want to continue to press in and what's next for us, God. And so we are, like I said, in the process of creating our next vision statement. And to that end, we had a vision retreat yesterday and Friday. We went down uh, South Nashville and we spent time, literally there were 11 of us that just got in front of God and asked him, what do you want for Wellhouse? There was more alone prayer time listening than there was collective talking. And out of that, we're listening and we're looking for these common themes that God is bringing us together. And so we're in that process of saying, God, what do you want next for Wellhouse? So family, that's what we invite you to starting today and pressing in for these next six weeks especially. But as we are praying through this, now we're all lifting up our house to God and saying, what do you want next? Your prayers are, I believe, with everything that's in me, your prayers will be triangulated from you to the heavenly Father and from him to those that are listening to be our hands of just writing out the words that God is delivering. So vision statement is on the way. And then what we'll do with that, from vision statement, it will go to the strategic team in February. Strategic team is a new team that we're developing, creating. We're just inviting people from the congregation that have those kind of skill sets. Chris Lindsay is going to be leading that team, and they will take that vision statement. They'll get in front of God and say, God, now how do we bring the vision to life at Wellhouse? That's how we're going to be doing church. From that, that prayer time, that's why we all need to continue to lean in. 
how do we bring this vision to life in the house and in the community? So we're reaching the lost and bringing and inviting them into what we love so much here at Wellhouse. So that team will be creating the how-tos, and that will honestly give us our 2020 calendar. We're going to be able to answer when you ask, what are we doing next? What are we doing next? There won't be any... Um, question marks. We're going to be able to just share so openly with where we are and where we're going. And it's going to be able to activate the giftedness of more and more and more of our congregation. Different ones of you are gifted to lead projects. Now we'll know what's coming and you can get active and involved. So we'll take that and then the uh, lead team will take a look at all their fabulous ideas. We don't want them thinking about how much it costs because with God, we don't have to worry about that. Amen? If God births it, he's going to provide for it. So that's the kind of church we want to be. We don't want to be the kind of church that, hey, we know we have $10,000. Now, here, strategic team, go figure out how to spend it. That's us doing things in our own strength. What we want to say to them is dream, listen, lean in, open wide. No, no nothing attached, no restrictions. And then bring it to the lead team, and we'll say, Here's what we have right now. Let's fund this, 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 and this. There are no no's, but then we're just going to be seeing how God is going to open doors, how God is going to activate a place in Texas to just send us $10,000 because he wants this done. We're going to see more miracles happening. We're going to lean in not only miracles and funding projects, but miracles and healing. We're opening wide the gates for what God is going to do. And so once we have time as a lead team to just make, you know, kind of, give a strong, solid plan that we can present to you. Our hard target is March 29th. March 29th is when we want to be able to launch vision with you and to be able to just share it all the way through. So that doesn't mean that there's anything off limits. God specifically told me to wear this shirt today. He specifically told me to wear this shirt this morning because this isn't like this secret society that's back here doing things. We're part of the family, and we've just been called to sit in these seats, but we're doing this together. We are all in this together. So if you have questions, can I just, um, I'm, this might look dramatic, but I, this is the Holy Spirit right now. Can we just believe the best of each other for the next six weeks? It is so easy during these seasons to let doubt concerns. You know, it's so easy to be like, well, why are they doing it like that? If you have a question, just come ask. But believe the best of each other. Let's believe the best of each other, and we're going to take ground from the enemy because we are all about advancing the kingdom. So let's, we're just going to have such, I mean, the reason we share this now is we want you to be assured you are in the right house. Amen? Mm. No, I guess not. Well, maybe y'all mm. need to pray a little. Hmm. We're in the right house. All right. We are in the right house. We are in the right house. And it's going to be even more explosive and encouraging and inspiring than it already is. And it's already awesome. So we're just going to make it more awesomer. I think. <laughs> All right. Um, so that's what's coming. And like I said, we wanted you to be encouraged that even as we've been praying and planning for Jason's sabbatical, there's no hiccup in what's going on here at Wellhouse. We are full 
guns going for more ground for the kingdom. And so please commit to praying. Just commit to praying this into being with us because we don't sit. The one thing we said when we came into the vision retreat is not one of us here has a clue what's next for Wellhouse. That's how we have to come. And then we can just listen and see what God has for Wellhouse. And he's doing some incredible talking through these, these beautiful people. So I hope that encourages you. If, it, if there are any questions, every single one of us are talking the same language. So please seek out any of us. And, and Jason will also tell you um, in his letter this afternoon, but while he's away, we want to protect his email and messages and, and things like that. We're here. This is if you have a need, if there's something spiritual that comes up, if you have a need of a hospital visit, if, if anything comes up, if we need to celebrate with you, if you're just feeling overlooked, we're here. So just reach out to the lead teams or the shepherds and please activate your leadership because we, we want to be family. And now what we want to do as family is we want to come together. We want to pray over Jason and Lori. So they're going to come here. We're going to invite all the family to come forward. Brent is going to lead us in prayer. So if you guys would, just come join us. As you gather around, I just want to echo what's been said this morning. Uh, I grew up in church. I was in full-time ministry for about seven years myself. And I, am, I can say with 100% honesty that I am more proud to be a part of this church family than anybody that I've ever been a part of. I'm so proud to be a part of a church family that honors and respects uh, the staff, that, that values rest, that, that values this. Guys, I, I'm gonna echo what Jason said. I don't think we're just a group of people that got together. I think we're a move of God. I think you're a move of God, and, and you are Wellhouse. You are the DNA. You are the hands and feet of Jesus in this community, and I thank you for that, and I thank you for the encouragement that you've given me. I thank you for the encouragement that you've given Jason, and you're gonna keep continuing to give Jason, and we just wanna pray over he and Lori this morning. We, we love you, Jason and Lori. Uh, we're so proud of who you are, and uh, we just want to celebrate you this morning, so Let's join in in prayer together and we'll be uh, dismissed for some cupcakes. Father God, uh, we are just amazed as we hear this morning the stories of things that have gone on. And God, I, I just, uh, I can't say it enough how much I love this place and how much we love you and the work that you're doing through Jason and Lori, the work that you're doing through the staff, through the lead team, through the shepherds, through each and every individual in this room, God. We praise you, we give you the glory and the honor. God, we give you the glory for the good things that are going on in Goodlettsville, for the good things that are gonna happen, for wells that will be dug uh, because of our efforts here that, that you're working through us. God, we give you all the glory and honor and praise. We never want this to be about us. We want this to be about you, about your son. We lift your son up in this community and we praise him. We honor him as our Lord and our master and our brother. And God, we just thank you this morning. God, I thank you for rest. I thank you for giving us example and example of biblical rest. And God, this morning, we want to bless Jason and Lori with rest. And we know that true rest is only found in you. 
True rest is only found in your sight and in your side. And so, God, for these next six weeks, for this time, God, we just pray that Jason will be found in you, that his rest will be found in your side, snuggled up next to his father, listening to what you have to say, listening to who you want him to be, listening, God, for where he's going next. God, we love rest. And we pray that on Jason and Lori over the next six weeks. God, uh, continue to show us, Wellhouse, who we should be. Continue to watch over us. Continue to uh, energize us. Continue to equip us. God, just continue to pour through us into this community. And God, above all things, may you be seen in Goodlettsville and the surrounding communities. Amen? Through God, through your son, through uh, our master and savior's name, we honor you and we thank you this morning. Amen.